Senator Usher has come forward to receive her offering, and let me just make mention a couple of things. Of course, in the morning, the Golden Agers leave for their uh, trip. We go somewhere every year together, and we leave in the morning for Branson, Missouri, be there for five days, six days, and be back on Saturday. But we're leaving at 8 o'clock sharp in the morning, so you need to be here early. And you got your note, your information. We recommend that you have someone drop you off rather than leave your car for the whole week. But uh, you need to be here uh, 7.30, so we'd like that. Terry will be preaching in here on a Wednesday night, so you don't want to miss the Wednesday night service. Next Sunday morning, Tim Lee is with us, and I am looking forward to that. Always a blessing to have Tim around here, and he'll be here next Sunday morning through Wednesday night. So you just get the word out. We're getting it on all the TV stations, radio stations, different things, every place we could. I'll let folks know that he's here, but you help us get the word out. And then this morning, I forgot something major, and when I realized it, I felt so bad about it. But today, we're celebrating Rick's 50th birthday. And I, <laughs> amen, I listen. I did, I felt bad, listen. We are so blessed to have Rick Chambers. I mean that, bottom of my heart. And I thank the Lord for him. I want you to show your support to him. I thank God for him, amen, happy birthday. Amen. Yeah, I appreciate it. I did. But tonight after the service, we have a fellowship for him next door. And uh, you want to go by there. And let me encourage you to go by just for a few moments. And, and uh, maybe have you got a card you can put there on a tree. Or if you don't have a card, just go by and stick uh, some money on the tree. We'll give him a gift from the church. And they have leftover food from last night. They forgot to cover it, but uh, they, you know, they forgot to cover it and put it in the refrigerator, but it's the leftover. You can go over. Be real good, and uh, but be a lot of good things, but do. for Just go by. Just take a moment to go by, and uh, I know many of you get ready for the trip. Someone asked me, are you ready? I said, I am ready, but I'm not ready. I am ready to go, but I have yet to even start 
packing to get ready to go. So uh, I think I've decided I'm going to wear one uh, shirt and pants for the whole week. I'm not going to worry about anything else and do it. But, uh, but go by tonight. I know you're in a hurry to get home some of the things, but take just a moment go by and show your love uh, to Brother Rick. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the blessings you've given us as a church. We thank you for the people you've given us as a church and Brother Rick is one of them. Bless him on his birthday. Bless the service tonight. Continue to move and work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
coming down. We'll get around to singing Amazing Grace in just a minute. But this is your opportunity to get out, folks. Just don't sit there. We have a friendly church. Let's make those that are visiting with us tonight feel welcome tonight. So get around, shake hands, make everyone feel welcome.
Just before special music, uh, Terry's going to come and we're going to recognize our graduates for this year. Amazing Grace, that's a fitting, fitting song to honor your graduates with. <laughs> At least it was for me. Uh, I was sitting there thinking, some of us, it's been so long since we graduated, we have forgotten what a major event it is. This, today I was talking to Dad, and I remembered how long it was when he graduated, and I, I asked him, I said, Dad, what was it like to go to school with Moses? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, say, he said, I'm going to get fired. Is that what you mumbled? <laughs> I thought so. No, no, tonight we want to take just a moment and honor the young people that have made it, or so they think. Uh, now is actually when it begins, but uh, I'm proud of them, and this time of year is always busy because I try to go as many of the graduations as I can. I don't make them all, but I've heard enough valedictorian addresses in the last couple of weeks to last me a lifetime. But I do want to take a moment and honor uh, some of the graduates. Not all of our graduates are here tonight. Some of them are out of town and uh, have other engagements, but we do have a few here, and I want to honor them tonight. The first graduate tonight is one of my favorites, and I'm not supposed to have favorites, but he's special. Uh, first graduate tonight is David Denisi. Uh, David is the son of Peter and Nanita Denisi. Now, everybody knows that this is a missionary family in our church. Peter and Nanita are out of town tonight, uh, but they're on deputation. But David's here, and David graduated on May the 28th from Ridgeland High School. Uh, while in school, he was a member of FBLA and the Key Club. It says here he played basketball and soccer, but I've played basketball with him, so I'm not sure I believe that. But David plans to attend college in the fall and major in marketing. David Denisi. The next graduate tonight is another one of them. They're all my favorite. But this, this, this young man is, is extremely special to this church and is special to me. Uh, the next graduate tonight is Donald Slay, Jr., uh, Donald uh, is the son of Lucy B. Benford and Donald Slay Jr. Uh, Donald Slay Sr., excuse me, Donald. And Donald graduated on the 25th of May from Howard School of Academics and Technology. Now, Donald told me, he said, Terry, you need to come. To my, and he talks real low, and I can't hardly understand what he says, but he says, you need to come to my graduation. I said, why? He said, I'm going to be doing the welcome at graduation. And uh, we got there, and the building was just packed, and Donald got up, and he doesn't do well speaking in front of large crowds, and so he, he kind of stumbled a little bit over his words, but they cheered him on. But then the principal got up, and she said a statement, made a statement that didn't surprise me at all. She said, Donald doesn't speak a lot in front of people, and he doesn't do well. She said, but one thing Donald does do well is come to school. She said, Donald's not missed a day of school in four years of high school. And that is so typical of Donald. Donald was saved in our Operation Andrew about four years ago. And of all the teenagers that I have had, Donald has been the most faithful young person I've ever had the privilege to be around. Anytime we're having anything at church, Donald is here. He doesn't say much. He's kind of quiet. But he has been a blessing to me with his faithfulness. And I love him. Donald Slay, Jr.
Our next graduate this evening is another one of my favorites, Misty Lynn Toby. Uh, Misty is the daughter of John and Linda Toby. She graduated on May the 27th from East Ridge High School, which also put out such great students as Tracy Trivet. <laughs> when Tracy graduated, you got to see one end of East Ridge's spectrum, and when Misty graduated, we got to see the other end. Misty was a member of the National Honor Society, the Beta Club, the Student Council, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Junior Lioness, and Concert Choir. Her future plans are to attend Tennessee Temple University and major in elementary education. Miss Misty Lynn Toby. My final graduate for this evening is the, by far the most colorful. He doesn't say much, and you probably may never have heard him talk, but he has got the best sense of humor in the Turnmeyer family. Uh, the last graduate tonight is Scott Daniel Turnmeyer. Scott is the son of Michael and Ann Turnmeyer, and he graduated on May the 28th from Ridgeland High School. While in school, he participated in band and in tennis, which I have unmercifully ragged him for playing tennis, but he's a pretty good tennis player from what I understand. Scott is always, he's the kind of young person that doesn't matter what I ask him to do, he is willing to do it. And he has a servant's heart, and because of that I love him and appreciate his faithfulness. And Scott plans to attend West Georgia College and major in nursing. Scott Daniel Turnmeyer. Let's give all our graduates and our parents another big round of applause. Thank you. Task on earth is done 
can't beat that with a stick either, can you? Amen. Joshua chapter 14, if you would please. The book of Joshua chapter 14. Aren't you glad that he leadeth us? He is in charge of our lives and all through these years. Many of you could testify. In fact, somebody ought to just get up right now. Testify to the goodness of God. Praise the Lord, Wanda. Sure. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody else. Go ahead, Glenn. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody else, God's been good to you, saved you. You don't have to go to hell. You ought to jump up and just thank God for that. Amen. Someone else. Sure. Amen. Praise the Lord. Someone else. <laughs> Amen. Sure. Sure. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm saved. You? Amen. Act like it then. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Anyone else? I'll give you a chance. I'm not going to beg you. If you don't want to testify, I'm going right on. Always been, never given up on me. Amen. 
Praise the Lord, Terry. Anyone else? Joshua 14. Go right ahead there. Amen, Brenda. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Fred. Appreciate Fred. Anyone else? All right, going once, going twice. Take your text to Joshua 14. As a blessing. You enjoy the Rogers family? Say amen. Let's stand as we honor the reading of his word. Joshua 14, verse 5. We've looked, been, on, been in this particular chapter now for tonight makes our third week. We've been trying just to think about faith, and I'm going to give you the final point tonight, then we'll begin moving on. But we're looking at an 85-year-old mountain climber. What a wonderful example of faith that we find in Caleb. Verse 5. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kinesonite, the Kinesonite, and said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee, and Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to his spy out the land, and I brought it word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, <clears throat> my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet, as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, the mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me that I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephna Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kesonite unto this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Thank you. you. May be seated. Let's pray. And tonight for just a few moments, I'll not be long, but I'll just take just a few moments to give you just a final thought about the matter of faith as exemplified in the life of Caleb. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful, Lord, that our life is in your hands. And as the Bible said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If we do our best to serve you and to please you and honor you, then we know that every event of life has either been appointed by God, arranged by God, or allowed by God. By your hand you lead us, and we thank you. Now, Father, we ask you to speak to us, and I trust, Lord, for the past few Sunday nights that you maybe have spoken to our heart and maybe got our attention about the matter of faith in you. 
of developing our faith and maturing in faith as a believer because it is so important to please in you and so important to getting things from you. Lord, speak to us tonight. Help us through Caleb to learn a little bit about faith and we'll thank you and praise you for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we ask these things, amen. Again, as we have been looking at Joshua 14, instead of just going through the chapter and just one message, I've actually taken the one message that I prepared and then just broken it down into three messages, sharing with you the first point, the second point, then the third point. Because as I began looking at it, there were so many things that I wanted to say as I thought about faith as exemplified in Caleb that I thought, I don't want to just, just rush through it and not be able to get out all that I would want to say. So we began looking at it in more in three sermons than in just one. But I thought it was so important because the Bible has so much to say about faith. One of the verses that has been refreshed or the meaning of the verse has been refreshed in my heart is Hebrews 11 verse 6. We've thought about it. Where the Bible said without faith it is impossible to please him. And you remember in our study we saw that the verb please there, the tense of the verb means that at no point am I pleasing him if I am not living by faith. The Bible tells me that I am to walk by faith. The just shall live by his faith. And Hebrews tells me there is no point in my life that I am pleasing the Lord if I am not walking by faith. Well, if it's critical to my pleasing God, then I want to walk by faith, don't you? And if it's so essential to me pleasing the Lord, then I want to learn what faith is and to walk in faith. The Bible in the New Testament especially, you'll find that one of the areas of growth that the Bible draws attention to is in our faith. Paul, when he wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he wrote to them and one of the concerns was whether or not they were growing in their faith. He wanted to know how they were developing in their faith. One of the areas of focus in the New Testament is in faith, our faith, whether or not we're growing in faith, whether or not our faith is developing, whether we are expanding in faith or living by faith. So faith is very, very essential. I thought about one thought this week as I was dwelling upon faith, and that is, and you know, it's interesting that only twice in the Bible that the Bible says Jesus marveled. Now, anytime Jesus marvels at something, that ought to make us stop and say, what is it that he marveled about? Because our Lord sees everything. He has seen everything. So you wouldn't think there's anything that would make our Lord marvel or surprise our Lord. But yet the Bible tells us on two different occasions that Jesus marveled. And both occasions had to do with faith. In the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, you'll find that Jesus marveled because of the absence of faith. There he dealt with the Jews and their unbelief, and he marveled that they had no faith, or he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled. Jesus was amazed as he looked at certain ones, and he looked at a crowd that ought to have been a faith people, but yet he was amazed, and he marveled that there was no faith on their part. So he marveled in Mark 6 at the absence of faith. But in Luke chapter 7, he marveled at the presence of faith. In Luke and Mark 6, he marveled at the absence of faith, and that had to do with Jews. But in Mark, or rather Luke chapter 7, he marvels at the presence of faith that he found in a Gentile. It was a centurion. 
And he came to the centurion, or rather the centurion came to him with the son that was homesick and dying, and he did die. And Jesus, and he's down in the conversation there, the centurion said to him, he said, I'm a man under authority. I'm a man of authority. I am a man under authority. And he said to Jesus, you don't have to go down to my house. Just speak the word, and my son will be healed. And when he made that statement, Jesus turned around, the Bible said in Luke 7 and verse 7, he began to tell the people that were standing there, he marveled at the man's faith, and he looked at the people and said, I have found not so great a faith in all of Israel. He marveled at faith. The only two times in the Bible that Jesus marveled was when there was no faith and when there was faith. What I'm saying to you tonight is this, faith is essential in my life as a believer. Faith is essential in your life as a believer. Do you believe that tonight? Say amen. Again, without faith, it is impossible to, to please him. James said, let him ask in faith. And then he went on to make the statement that, that if a man that doesn't ask in faith is like a double-minded man, a two-souled man, he's up and down like the waves of the sea. He said, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So if I'm going to get anything from God, if I'm going to please God, I'll do so by faith. So therefore, faith is very, very important. Caleb, as we have seen in Joshua 14, is a man who lived by faith. We looked at these two things. The first thing that, and this kind of reminds you what we looked at, the first thing that we saw in Caleb was how God requires faith. And we looked at the background of the story, and it took us back 45 years earlier when they were brought to the edge of Canaan. And Moses sends 12 men in to spy out the land. Caleb was one of those spies. And here was the land that God said, I give to you. He had made a promise years before that he was going to give them, to give them the land. He brings them to the land, and he says to them, it's yours. I have given you the land. Now, all they had to do was take God at his word. And we saw that faith was required in the life of the believer. We saw, one, that it was expected in the life of the believer. That whatever God does for us, He does it because of our faith. He expects faith in our life. And second of all, it is essential in our life as a believer. Again, if they were going to take the land, all they had to do was have faith. Now, what is faith? I want you to understand tonight really what faith is all about. You hear all kinds of definitions on TV and different things about what faith is. But I want you to understand tonight, faith is simply this. Faith just taking God at His Word. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God's Word. If God said it, then you believe it. But they didn't do it, and we know the story. Second thing we learned from Caleb's life about faith is not only how God requires faith, but second of all, how he reveals faith. You see, God always brings a situation in our life that will reveal whether or not we're going to trust God. You purpose in your heart you're going to serve God. I found this out many years ago. You make up your mind you're going to live for God. You make up your mind you're going to serve God. Then somewhere God's going to bring you to a situation where you will have to trust God. And it will reveal your faith whether or not you have faith in the Lord. And the story goes back again to when he sent the ten spies out. He had given them the land. All they had to do was take God's word and it was theirs. But you know the story. They came back. And they came back, and both there was 12 men that went back, 12 men that came back, but they were divided in two groups. For one thing, we saw the fear of the majority. Ten men came back talking about giants. Ten men came back talking about 
the land and how good it was, but yet they were giants in the land. Fear filled their heart. And so they backed down. Instead of taking God at his word, God said, I have given you the land, but instead of taking God at his word, they backed down. That was the fear of the majority. But we saw the faith of the minority, Joshua and Caleb. And whenever they did go into the land 45 years later, the only two that was over in Numbers chapter 30 that lived to see the land was Joshua and Caleb and those that were under a certain age. That was the faith of the minority. They said, no, 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 no. Said, we are more than able to take the land. God's given us the land. The Lord will be with us. They took God at his word. But here was the situation. They were brought face to face with a situation that revealed who had faith and who did not have faith. And all of our lives and every believer's life, at every church's life, there'll be a time that God will bring us to a place where it will reveal whether or not we believe God. And it will reveal whether or not we'll take God at His word. Mark it down. God always brings situations to reveal faith. But let me give you a third and final thing tonight about Caleb. Not only how God requires faith, and not only how he reveals faith, but I want you to notice how he rewards faith. We're talking about faith, having faith in God. Caleb was a man that his faith had been revealed. He trusted God, and God rewards his faith. That's what Joshua chapter 14 is all about. Now, let me just point out a few things about Caleb's faith. We've looked at some of them, but let me just point them out to you and put emphasis upon them tonight. The first thing that I want you to see about Caleb's faith is his past faith. Now, God rewards faith in the life of a believer. He gives Caleb his inheritance here. He is, and what inheritance he receives is a result of a reward that had been given to him for faith. But it's the kind of faith that he had that was rewarded. Now, what kind of faith does God reward? For one thing, he'll reward the kind of, he'll reward the person that'll have faith in spite of the crowd. He'll reward the person that has faith in spite of what everybody else believes. It ought to be this way here at Temple. We've always been a church that tried to follow God. We've always tried to do what we believe the Bible said. This is our authority. This is our marching orders. We don't live by the Roberts Rules of Orders. We live by the Bible. Can I get an amen right there? We don't have a 150-page uh, uh, set of laws or whatever to live by. God gives us a whole book of laws. That is our authority, and that's how we've tried to live. We've tried to do what the Bible said. The Bible's been our guidebook. The Bible's been our compass. The God Bible has been our authority. We've tried to do everything with the Bible. We've tried to follow God whenever it felt like God was doing, and we've tried to honor God and do what He wants to. But what if one day the whole church lost their faith in God? I'm going to tell you something. If everybody else says, oh, no, it can't be done. If everybody else says we can't do this, God may want us to do it, but I don't know how we can do it. You ought to stand up and say, I don't care what the rest of you say. If the Lord be with us, we can do it. I'm going to have faith in God. Amen. Having faith in spite of the crowd. God honors that kind of faith. Having faith not only in spite of the crowd, but having faith in spite of the circumstances. There was a majority versus the minority. There was 10 versus 2, but there was the circumstances. There was giants, and there was God. 10 of them come back talking about giants. 2 of them come back talking about God. And really, from a human perspective, I really, from a human perspective, I don't believe that Israel could have taken the land. But we we're not looking at it from a human perspective. We're looking at it from a divine perspective. We're looking at it through the eyes of God. God said, I've given you the land. Since I've given you land, don't worry about it. I will give you the land. But if you take God out of it, then maybe 
uh, it was impossible, it would have been impossible for them to take the land. But they left God out. They saw giants. But thank God for Caleb. Despite the circumstances, he still believed God. God honors the kind of faith that will believe him no matter what anybody else does. And God will honor the kind of faith that says, I don't know how I can do it, but this one God wants me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't know how we can do it. I don't know how this is going to work out, but this is what God said. This is what God promised. I'll believe God. Now, God honors that kind of faith. Can I get an amen? That was his past faith. But look at something else. Not only God rewards faith, and we see the past faith of Caleb, but you also see his patient faith. Now, what kind of faith does God reward? He rewards the kind of faith that will a person that will have faith no matter what anybody else does. He'll reward the person and he'll bless the kind of faith that believes God in spite of the circumstances. But he'll also reward the kind of faith that just keeps on believing God. Uh, you take Caleb, for example. He had a faith that expected. He had a faith, the kind of faith that expects. In other words, here's Moses that came back and he gave him a report and whatever. And when the smoke cleared, God said to Moses, or, and said, Moses then said to Caleb, he said, I'll give you the land. This, the, man, the land that you went spied out. Twelve men went out there, and the section of land that they went out and looked at and covered was the very section God said, I'm going to give that to you. It scared everybody else to death, but you come back believing me. I'm going to give you the very section of land that you have been on and you have visited and you have spied out. I'm going to give you that land. For 45 years, you know what Caleb did? Caleb lived and believed that God was going to give him what he told him he was going to give. He expected that. And when you come to Joshua chapter 14, they start to divide the land up. And Joshua had, I have, you know, he's, me and Joshua, kind of, we, I have a real special kin to Joshua. He forgot about it. And so Joshua gets up and he starts to divide the land. It had been chosen. They divide the land by a lot. There was a certain tribe that was to get the land first. And they were to divide it by a lot, God being the one in charge of the lot. And that way everything would be according to the will of God. And all of a sudden, before they began to divide the land, Caleb speaks up and says, wait a minute. You remember what Moses, what God said to Moses and what Moses said to me? And he reminded him what God had promised him. For 45 years, he's been expecting God to keep his promises. And there's a faith that expects, and second of all, there's a faith that endures. 45 years he's believed God. 45 years he's trusted God. Now, would you think maybe God give you a word or God give you a promise or you began to claim the word of God and you began and the years went by, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Maybe, I don't even think myself, I would begin to wonder, is God really going to keep his promise? But here is Caleb now for 45 years. He believes God and he doesn't stop believing God. You listen to me. That's the kind of faith God rewards, the kind of faith that will not quit believing God. He had received a word from God. A word that gave him a certain section. He expected to get it one day. He expected to be fulfilled. He can't believe in God. And 45 years later, he still believed in God for what God had promised in his word. You know where a lot of our problems are with faith? In fact, I think about uh, one of the chapters in Jim Sabala's book, Fresh Faith. And I love one of the chapter titles in there. In the title, one particular chapter is that faith runs on a different clock. And he's exactly right. Faith runs on a different clock. You know where most of our problems with faith is? I mean, it's not a matter of a problem with God. We believe God can. And we believe God is able. But you know where most of our problems with faith is? Is in the timing. 
when God does things. Our problem is not what can he do. Our problem usually is when he does it. Because what we do, we get excited about something and we get a promise from God or God says something to us in his word to our heart and we begin to believe it and we really get excited about it. But the weeks turn into months and then we begin to get a little discouraged. Do you know what faith is? It is believing God, taking him at his word, no matter how long you have to take God at his word. God honors that kind of faith. It is a faith that expects, it is a faith that endures. But look at the third thing. You not only see Caleb's past faith and his patient faith. Well, let's jump right over here in chapter 14. You see his present faith. When you come to chapter 14, you see for one thing that his faith had not wavered. Look at verse 10. And now, he's talking about this some 45 years ago to happen, but now, he says, and now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said these 40 and 5 years. Can you imagine now? Here's Caleb. Gets 80. And they, someone says to him, Caleb, you're getting old. Are you, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. He knew he wasn't going to die. Why? Because he hadn't got his land yet. And God said he's going to get his land, so it didn't matter when he got it. He knew as long as before, until he got it, he's going to live. He said, and now the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses. All the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and know I am this day fourscore and 85 years old. Here he is now. An old man, and his faith is not wavered. He still believes God. And second of all, his faith has not waned. Verse 11 and 12, he said, As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. He said, I have believed God all these years. And in fact, he said, I'm just as convinced on, about God tonight as it was when it started 45 years ago. He said, I'm just as ready to believe God now as I've ever been. I believed God back then. I'm still ready to believe God. In fact, he proved it. You know what he asked for? He said, give me this mountain. The very place where the Anakins lived. The giants. Those nine foot, ten foot people. The ones that had terrified them 45 years ago. Caleb now, 45 years later, an old man says, give me that mountain. I'll go out there. They scared my brethren to death 45 years ago, but I'll take that mountain, and the Lord will go with me. I'll drive them out of that mountain. 45 years later, he still believed in God. His faith has not weakened. He is still trusting God and trusting God as much as ever before. Now, that's the kind of faith that God honors. That's the kind of faith God rewards, a faith that will not give up. A faith that will not let go, but a faith that will keep on honoring God. You know, one of the keys of Caleb's life was this. Six times in the record of Caleb in the Bible, you'll find the statement that he wholly followed the Lord. And what is so amazing about his life is he said, listen, I am just, everything's belong to God. He said, I've tried to honor God. Everything about my life been God-centered. I've lived for God, tried to honor God, serve God, please God. I've not been perfect, but I've served God with all my being. And now here he is down the years have passed. He's 85 years old, but he's not cold. He is aged, but he's still anticipating, still wanting something from God, not uh, not content 
to get him a retirement, a rocking chair out on the porch and retire? He says, no, I want to take that mountain. I want to drive those giants out of the mountain. It's the kind of faith that God will honor. Holy serving God. Now, when I look at Caleb, you know what Caleb does to me? Caleb makes me want to live by faith. Caleb makes me want to walk by faith. In fact, I think back through the years, there is no instance in my life that I ever saw God do anything special that I did not have to believe God for it. And when I think about Caleb and what he wanted, how his faith, I say, Lord, no matter how long you let me live, let me keep on believing you. Don't let me lose sight of your ability. Don't let me lose sight of the truth of your word. Let me trust you. Let me follow you. Let me honor you and glorify you. That's the kind of faith God rewards. Would you like to get a mountain in your life? There might be some giants on it, but would you like to get a mountain? One of the thrills about getting the mountains is driving the giants out. One of the thrills about getting land is getting the enemies out of it going in there battling, carrying the flag of the cross. That's one of the joys about getting blessings from God. You want that? And live by faith. Let's stand to our feet, please. Thank you for listening. Caleb, you speak to us. You tell us to live by faith, to trust you no matter what. The years may pass by. The days may turn into weeks. The weeks may turn into months. The months may turn into years. May even turn into decades. But the promises of God are true, and you remind us of that. May we as a people, may we as individuals, may we as a body keep our eyes on God and have faith in God. We sung a little while ago, I'm living by faith. Father, we're going to please you. We'll live by faith. If we're going to get things from you, we'll live by faith. So, Father, help us tonight. Develop our faith. Build our faith. Do so. Now, while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, how do you get faith?